Hi, I'm Casey. You're listening to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration, and colorful conversation. On this episode, we'll explore the depths of agony that can exist within our current socio-political climate. And you might even be inspired to start drinking more water. It's gonna make sense, I promise. Here's a reminder of how the show works. We give a writer a theme and they have two weeks to let that topic inspire a creative written response. That written piece is then given to two different audio artists who interpret the story using sound. After that, we all come together and discuss the creation process and the world we live in. The topic for today's episode is... Calculus. Calculus. Ah. Okay, you go dust off your old TI-83 Plus, and we'll be right back after this. Let's meet today's guest writer, Lee, to see how he handled being tested with the theme, Calculus. My name is Leo Sorio, and I am a multi-hyphenate theater maker, actor, playwright, arts administrator, producer, you know, whatever's paying the bills. When I got the prompt calculus, my first thought was, ah, fuck, I'm terrible at math. (laughs) Um, I definitely didn't know what to do with it. Uh, So... I did what we do. I Googled it, and I learned that the word means small stones in Latin. Um, I thought that was such a great image. The whole field of calculus is about approaching limits and knowing what happens when you take something small and make it even smaller and even smaller and even smaller, or when you take tiny little things and they add up. So I, I was first inspired by this idea of reaching limits. But then I also read the medical definition, renal calculus, which is more about the buildup of small stones or kidney stones, as we call them. And I thought in this moment that we're in, where it feels like all of the things big and small, really not so small, have built up and have accumulated and we are reaching the limit of how much we as a society are willing to take Lee's written response is a short story entitled, Burning. The sky outside of Robert's room at San Francisco General was orange, and through the open blinds he could see ash falling like dirty snowflakes. It was forest fire season again. The hills around the bay looked like a hellscape straight out of a late 90s Michael Bay film. And this year, what the forest fires spared, the reapers were burning. Fucking commie pinko terrorists, he thought, just as another wave of paralyzing pain gripped him. Breathe, Bobby. Just breathe through it, he coached himself. He tried to remember the mantras from Nicole's Lamaze class, but he had skipped most of them, blaming his absences on client meetings. The truth is, everything about the birthing process made his stomach turn. Sitting in class with her, holding her hand as all these women in yoga pants spread their legs and acted like they were squeezing out babies. It would take an hour of back squats and bench presses to wipe the image of torn flesh and pubic hair matted with blood and shit from his mind. Where the hell was Nicole? He had texted her five times. The papers were sitting on his desk, unsigned. Legally, wasn't she still responsible for him? 
Either way, she owed it to him to at least... The burning sensation sharpened, cutting him off mid-thought. What had been nauseating waves of pain in his lower back that came and went now felt like someone had injected battery acid into his groin and showed no signs of abating. His eyes burning with tears, he groped for the button to call a nurse, trying to distract himself with the sound of the news turned up full volume coming out of the room next door. Suspected Reaper attack, a car bomb detonated outside the corporate headquarters of... Can I help you? The nurse was middle-aged and squat. Even though she was wearing a surgical mask and cap that covered most of her face, he could tell this was not the nurse he had imagined at his bedside in his hour of need. Pain meds. I'm sorry, she said, looking over his chart. It doesn't look like the doctor has written a prescription for any... Fuck the doctor, my dick is going to explode. Renal calculus. Kidney stone. A buildup of calcium, the result of too many protein shakes, coffee, and bourbon. Not enough water. Sounds like you're passing it now. Won't be long. There was a slight lilt in her voice Robert couldn't place. Maybe Caribbean. First generation if she was native. Just give me a fucking pill, morphine trip, whatever the fuck. Sir, I can't do that. Robert built his empire by never accepting no for an answer. He'd even written, well, paid someone to write a best-selling book about it. He had no intention to start now. Do you know who the fuck I am? I could buy you and the entire goddamn hospital... The nurse's fist was up his hospital gown and clamped around Robert's dick before he could finish the sentence. His mouth was wide, but the pain made it impossible for him to breathe or emit any sound. His eyes locked with hers. This? This is foreplay, Mr. Renard. The nurse whispered into Robert's ear, strengthening her grip on him. Harvest is coming. Time to reap what you have sown. Gasping for air, Robert watched the nurse turn and walk away, stopping only briefly to collect two pumps of hand sanitizer in the palm of her right hand, which she rubbed vigorously into her skin as she left Robert and the world as he knew it, burning. story about kidney stones is not at all what I was expecting in response to this topic, but I guess great imaginations truly have no limit. Get it? Because like in calculus, you're trying to find the limb. I am sorry. Okay, moving right along. Our two audio artists received Lee's piece and started working on a little homework of their own in the form of an audio response. We volunteered Belle to be the first to tell us about her project. My name is Belle. I also go by Bella Drama. I am a sound designer, a music composer. I also am an occasional performer. Besides that, I also love to um, score for film. And then just on my own time, I love uh, writing music. I make mostly electronic music these days. 
So when I read the piece Calculus, the first few things that came up into my mind were like there's this this uh, writing has a pulse. And of course, I thought right away about like when you're actually in a hospital room, you're typically hearing pulses everywhere uh, with heart monitors going on. So those are kind of like the first initial things that struck me. And I was reminded of the vibe of San Francisco and just how it's like it's stacked up on itself. Like anytime I've been in San Francisco, I've always felt like ah, it's so cluttered and crowded here. I love to visit, but I would never want to live here because it just feels like there's no like it doesn't feel like you have space to breathe. Um, so I was definitely reminded of that feeling of um, sort of the uh, the claustrophobic isn't the right word, but sort of that feeling of 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 clutter and not really being able to escape that. That sonically translated to me as sort of like a doom and an impending something is coming for me and I can't get away. Enjoy Bell's sonic composition, which is called The Summation. I felt the impact of the first note of Bell's piece all up in my lower back, but in like a pain is pleasure type of way, maybe. Let's keep this momentum going. Daniel, why don't you tell us about your contribution to the group project now? Hi, my name is Daniel DeWitt. I'm a designer, political nerd, and permaculture enthusiast. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. The first thing that came to my mind when I read the piece were the fairly obvious elements, the diegetic noises of the hospital room to set the stage and just establish a background, you know, what what is considered the, quote, silence of this space. Uh, defining silence is a great opportunity from a sound design level because there is no such thing as silence. You might have crickets or traffic noise or the sounds of people talking in another room, all of these baseline elements establish a location and the underlying, quote, silence of that location. 
to be honest, this piece really had me stuck when I first read this. I didn't really understand how I could make this creative. The unempathetic nature of the protagonist is challenging because getting the listeners to care about the piece when they don't care about the well-being of the protagonist is challenging. And so I wanted to, instead of making them care about someone else, maybe put the listeners in the body of the protagonist. Dan's response is a soundscape entitled Skill Saw. Dan's piece was so atmospheric and skillfully captured the essence of both character and setting in an understated type of way. Okay, since the three guest artists were the variables in this creative equation, let's see how things added up when they were able to meet one another for the first time right after this. Welcome back. You just heard all of the amazing work that was inspired by the topic calculus. And we couldn't wait to get this fascinating bunch together at the treehouse. Our social distance friendly outdoor haven in the woods complete with an ambient nature soundtrack. Here's how it went. Hey, Lee. Hey, Belle. Hey, hey. Hey, Dan. So you've all just heard the sonic responses created by Belle and Lee. Uh, like, what what's going through your head right now, Lee? What are you oh, thinking? Man. Oh, I love them so much. They are amazing. Um, yeah. I loved yours, Dan, by the way. Oh, thanks. They were really both, cool. oh, God, like so eerie and beautiful and like. I want to dance them, but also mostly like run to them because they just made me like want to get the fuck out of there. That's awesome. Um, I think I wrote this piece in response to the moment that we're in, in this sort of things have been building to this point where it feels like everything has to explode. Um, and listening to these pieces, I definitely got that vibe. Like in Dan's piece, the, the repetitive... Um, hospital sounds and the breathing and the heartbeat and everything it's just like it's building 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 in this slow dread kind of like reaching the limit of where we can go way and then in bell's piece the the drums coming in almost like 
and not like rats scampering across, but like, you know, not in the, in the negative sense of that, but like, like people coming in and just saying, this is our city and scampering and like quietly sneaking up. And then like the blaring music, I don't know. It was just, that's it such a gift to like get to hear work inspired by things that you've, you know, pulled out of your head or other orifices. So <laughs> that's great. So I read the piece and initially, um, I sort of felt the the vibe of San Francisco, um, which to me is a very like you cannot. I've, every time I've been in San Francisco, I felt like if some something serious goes down here, uh, there's nowhere to go. Like there's no escape. And so I kind of got that vibe also from the piece that um, this the the main character. There is no escape for what's about to happen to him. There's no escape from the pain. Um, and so. Uh, there is the there is actually the ambiance of San Francisco a little bit in there, um, and I so I started actually with the um, just a little bit of the the heart monitor sound to create a, like a pulse, um, and then I don't know I don't think you could really hear it so it was more of a subliminal idea that I put a um, I put the sound of a, a helicopter approaching. And then slowly faded away to sort of represent the, um, for one, the helicopter obviously is something you would hear and see at a hospital and a city, but also because of the fact that helicopters are often associated with wealth and um, the wealthiest of people can easily hop in a, a helicopter and escape. And so I felt like this character probably had a helicopter at some point. And now he can't. Uh, now he can't escape with it. And so there's the sound of an approaching helicopter, and then it uh, it fades away. Um, I went with the horns because uh, for that feeling of like impending doom approaching. So I'm glad you said it felt like creepy because I put in a um, that that rolling drum is a talking drum, um, and I like I feel like that when they do that roll on the talking drum, it does kind of sound like another you know, like an ethereal spirit or like it could be like a haunty ghost or, you know, something kind of like out of this world that is, you know, you feel like is watching you or is aware of you. Um, so I put that in there to kind of represent like the the door of death approaching possibly. Um, and then, uh, I yeah, I just love the horns because they always, I mean, I think, I don't know if horns... I associate with like uh, terror and fear because of movies or if they actually do that. <laughs> I think it might just be from watching movies. Um, and then uh, I put the, um, the, the heart monitor slowly fading away, which I thought was like, it was cool when I heard Dan's piece. Cause I think um, I really enjoyed the heartbeat and how it uh, fluctuated. And then um, I'm like super curious to know what kind of, uh, like what kind of effects and, and stuff you put on your sounds because it was really cool. But yeah, that was pretty much my process there. Uh, the end ends with sirens um, just because it's a hospital and I, but, um, I wanted to give the feeling of like, of, of like sharp and stabbing waves of pain with doom. So that was sort of my, uh, what I was going for. Did the horns represent the pain for you? Is yeah, that, okay. that was like the stab. So I wanted like an instrument that stabs. So I was like horns. But horns also is like the classic, any horror, scary 
uh, movie you watch has that like like the the mm -hmm. blaring horns is always like a sign like us oh, is not going to be good for you. Um, but that that was one of the challenging parts with the character is that he, it's not a likable protagonist. Like I I, I felt no sympathy for this person. Yeah. And and so having an inempathetic character as as the main person that you're focusing on. So I was trying to be in this person's head and feeling for them, feeling this pain, but also from your description, it's like, well, like I'm glad this guy has a kidney stone or something because he sounds he sounds like an asshole. Um, and <laughs> Good. So, yeah, for so for my uh, symbolism of pain, it's it, I I actually put horns in and then took them out because uh, it was it was too much. So I'm I'm glad that. Uh, you went in that direction and, and I took that out. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really cool to see how similar <laughs> our approach yeah, was. Yeah, what we had that um, was like in common was really cool. But it, it's hard not to be too tropey. You know, heartbeats are the most classic sound design element that, yeah. that exists. And, but that it makes sense to have it in there um, exactly. because you're trying to be inside this person, inside the hospital bed. So, I got hung up on that for a while when I was first trying to trying to design it just just in my head. I was like, heartbeat makes sense, but that's I don't know. Like, is that? Is oh, that I think you did great because it sounded like a heartbeat, but it like it created a like a pulse for the piece. So it felt like it felt like a musical piece because of that heartbeat. So yeah, I, I used uh, two kick drum sounds and stitch those together uh, so one had a harder hit and the other had a little bit of a softer hit so i kind of i took an internet heartbeat recording and then layered the kicks on top of that and eventually had them merge because i don't know i thought it's a very contemporary feeling written piece and i thought kind of an, an edm uh beat thing would make sense for that um that that pain threshold you know, climax getting getting too much. Uh, I, I do like how both the pieces had that um, that crescendo towards mm -hmm. the end, and they both finished with the beep beep at the end. When I heard yours, I was like, "Oh, this would be so funny," because mine has this exact same ending, pretty much. I mean, different sounds, but like the yeah. the whole idea that the last sound you would hear would be that last beep. It's really good. Yeah, and I was really curious about like whose heart is it? Because like in the in your piece, Dan, I kind of wondered if it was someone in the room with him or down the hall or if it gets more like metaphorical because i think definitely like this is a very unempathetic character but like we all are him and we're all we all have to reap the seeds that we have sown and so like how do we invite people into their disgust at but also their complicity in like systems that have lifted up this person you know it's like we can say oh he's an asshole but like there's still a part of us that's chasing that sort of great wealth or great, like there's so many things that, you know, we, um, yeah, that need to die in us as well. And I'm just curious about like whose heartbeat as you were putting that in there, do you think it was Robert's or do you think it was someone else's? Do you think it was white supremacy as a whole? Like what is the heartbeat for you and what, what are the seeds that you've sown that you think, um, are you personally or as a nation that are coming coming to harvest now what well, I, I I envision it very much through the eyes of the or, or from inside the perspective of the protagonist um, but then I tried to 
use uh, the stereo relationship and the reverb relationships to reinforce um, the idea of both a physical space that he's that he is in, and then also the like more metaphysical space of his own brain. So the the beeping was over to the left and had a reverb of a small room, and so did the uh, medical machine, which is my refrigerator. Um, <laughs> and so those were kind of on the left, right, pretty far out, maybe 80 out of 100 or something with, with the reverb sends in those directions. I and was like so excited to hear about what you, what reverb and like what you EQ'd. Um, I'd love to hear your piece actually on a stereo oh, cool. output, but um, that's real. I'm, I'm like very inspired by that. Um, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, so then to try to offset, so there was an extreme gap in between um, the diegetic sounds uh, on the left and the right, kind of out in, in the wide field, and then everything that the protagonist was feeling is very much in the center. What was the cart sound? The like, it already, like the rattling was at your refrigerator. Was that like, uh, do you know what I mean? It was like the the, the paint, the like. Yeah. So so that was my symbolism for the pain. Um, and that is a recording of a skill saw cutting concrete. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a great kidney stone. Yeah, that is like so it's visceral. A, Even just saying it is like, oh. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a diamond masonry blade, you know, going into uh, cement. Um, and then I, I took that and put it through a fake, you know, an, an emulation guitar pedal. And it's a vibrolo. Uh, the kind of classic Western guitar sound that's like wah 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 wah. So I sync to that <clears throat> to the uh, 120 BPM. I think mine was in 122. That's amazing. Yeah. No, and, and yeah, it's just so, all of the sounds that you created are so visceral. I don't know, there's something, you know, the, the claustrophobia and, that you talked about in San Francisco, I definitely wanted in that piece. And the fact that y'all brought that out so beautifully is incredible. There's something that's so interesting about both pieces in that they, as like creepy and as claustrophobic as they are, I just want to dance to them. <laughs> and I like, I'm curious about like, what about this piece was like, you, you said EDM, and but like, there's also just such a dance vibe. And I'm wondering, is, is that something that you bring to all of your work or is that something about like, yeah, it's the end of the world, we got to fucking dance. Like, what about <laughs> that? <laughs> like, what brought that out? That's a good question. Um, it kind of ha made me self-reflect for a minute um, because I have been sort of in a, I'm probably like a year and a half, I've been making a lot of electronic dance music. <laughs> and so it quite possibly is just because it's sort of where my mind is at. I'm kind of... Um, I really, I really like the kick drums. Like, I'll listen to different kick drums all the time just because I think it's such a, like... I mean, I guess it's like a heartbeat to me. So, um, yeah, I, I like that it made you want to dance, for sure. Four on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, when Lee talked about the piece and sort of, like, brought to light that that this the protagonist is actually all of us in a way representing all of us going through this i was like wow i didn't i mean i kind of did see that the the character was like so detestable that it was like wait like it kind of made me check myself like well 
what about you like this character or whatever but now thinking about it in the in in the light of um just sort of what we're going through right now and us being this person it kind of made me think about how all these all this time during the the pandemic how I've had to like uh catch myself being very entitled you know um I've been very fortunate um during this time and so anytime I catch myself being like doing the like oh 2020 is terrible I immediately feel guilty because I'm like it's terrible but not for me you know and I think kidney stones because they are so painful but it's such a relative pain you know like I think that was like when you're talking about how frustrated we get in this current moment because we you know can't celebrate a birthday in the way that we did last year we can't go to dinner in the way that we did last year but like there's all these things that are very real and very painful and um there are people experiencing things but there are people experiencing things so much worse yeah kidney stone is a great way to like to uh as a great symbol for that that's really interesting you know but when when do we just get to be human um and i I absolutely think it it comes from co-creating spaces right which is what you all have done so beautifully with this podcast it's like you bring people that otherwise may not meet each other together you bring people not only into the same space but they are literally responding to each other and creating this this um group project which i hated as a kid because again i wanted to do my part perfectly but like how how do we create spaces where we can co-create the world that we all want to live in with the recognition it's going to be messy and we're going to have to be vulnerable and shame will show up but it doesn't mean that it has to lead the conversation so i think having that the courage to step into messy spaces is absolutely what we need right now Well, your willingness to step into messy spaces has somehow cleansed my spirit today. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure to tune into the next episode when a spatial curator, a cellist, and a noise pop musician might just make us have to change the name of the podcast to You Heard Me Swipe Right. We'll hear you later. You Heard Me Right is a Spotify Sound Up original series and was workshopped as part of the Sound Up Accelerator program at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis with help from Cooper Skinner and Jacob McCoy. Mixing and sound design by Cooper Skinner. Our executive producers are Casey Willis, Cooper Skinner, and Lexi McKay. Our writer and story editor is Caroline Baxter, and our production accountant is Simone Brown. Special thanks to Greg at Listen Up Audio, Kanye Willis, Remy, and Bima. From Spotify, executive producers Gina Delvac, Baron Farmer, Natalie Taluk, and Jane Zumwalt. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at herdrightpod.com or follow us on IG at herdrightpod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.